0: Welcome to the Alex Kennedy Podcast, which is brought to you by BasketballNews.com. This is episode number 15. We post new episodes every week, so make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today I'm joined by David Nurse, who's an NBA trainer that works with many players, including Demonta Sabonis, OG Ananobi, Kelly Olynyk, Jeremy Lin, and many others. Not only does he work with players on the court, he also helps them with mental training, their nutrition, their sleep schedule, and different things like that so they can realize their full potential. Before training players individually, David worked for the Brooklyn Nets as a shooting coach back in 2016. He's also written a number of books. His most recent is called Pivot and Go, which provides a 29-day blueprint to better yourself. He also hosts the Pivot and Go podcast, so check that out. David, thanks for joining me. How are you?
1: Alex, I appreciate it, man. Doing really well out here in Los Angeles.
0: I appreciate you joining me. I want to talk to you. Obviously, the big news in the NBA right now is the Brooklyn Nets Big Three. I don't know if you heard, but Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving formed the new super team in the NBA. So let's talk about it. You were a Brooklyn Nets shooting coach back in 2016. So you've been in this Nets organization pretty recently. I want your thoughts on how this Big Three will work together. We've only seen one game with KD, Harden, and Kyrie all playing together what are your early thoughts on how this will work?
1: Yeah, so on the surface, it looks as three superstars. Like not just three stars, but three superstars. How are there going to be enough shots for each person? How are the egos going to be fed? How will the dynamic work between them? But at the core, at the base, this foundation for this year, the roots have been growing since that 2016 season. I came on at an interesting time in the Brooklyn Nets Time when it went from New Jersey to Brooklyn, we went from this old practice facility to this brand new, beautiful practice facility. It was between the, the, the former GM and then Sean Marks came in. And, and when Sean came in, he actually came in two weeks after me. Mikhail Prokhorov, the Russian billionaire, was the guy who hired me. And Sean came in and he just, he just set the standard. Like he was, it, it was all about culture coming from the Spurs. And a lot of people will talk about culture, but it's how you treat everybody at every level. And they made an emphasis though. It wasn't just like, okay, this is what, like, Sean would do everything. He would do everything. Trajan Langdon was amazing. He came on, and they would just pour into the people at every single level so they knew that everybody was important. So I think this culture has been set up over the years of what they've been developing and bringing on great coaches to uh, hand the torch over, like Kenny and now Steve. But you know what? I I think they just have such a good framework of people and culture that even if there's a spat or – somebody doesn't feel like they're getting the ball in the big three or something, it's going to figure itself out because they're just, I mean, the culture is there. And when culture is there, that comes before the players and their egos.
0: If you had to define this Nets culture, I've heard a lot of players say that it's family oriented and very player first. But what are some ways that you would define what the Nets have built and how they kind of do things?
1: Yeah, Alex, let me tell you one story on that that'll kind of define that. So it's about the second day in we were doing development work before the season. and. And there was a player who was kind of acting out and acting like everything revolved around him and just pouting. And Jacques Vaughn, who was an amazing coach, amazing human being, just said, you know what? There's enough negativity on the news. There's enough negativity out there in the world. We're not going to bring that here. We're going to come here with positivity. We're going to come here with joy. We're going to come here serving others. And it just hit me in the face. It was like, wow, that's what true culture and a true team is, not about the individual's but about how those individuals can pour into themselves so that they can pour into others. So I think the culture really revolves around that, serving others. Players first is a term that gets thrown around a lot. You can be players first and not really want the best out of them or try to get the best out of them. You can just be that yes man there is. But there is a sense of these coaches, the staff, everybody wants, like generally is on the same mission. And it doesn't matter who gets the credit. You never see Sean Marks out there just saying, oh, look at me, look at me, I got all these players. He's not like that. And that's what makes this team go. And that's what makes great cultures. Everybody will talk about it in the NBA, but it's very, very rare. Like That's why Spoh Spo is a very close friend of mine, an amazing human being. It, that's why they do so well in Miami. He doesn't care about the credit. It doesn't matter. It's about how you can pour into others, how you can be on that same mission. And when teams can get that, like the Nets have like the Heat have, like my uncle's team up in Toronto, the Raptors have, that's when they find success.
0: So you would think then, having a culture like that, and that being the backdrop for this team, that, you know, guys would be willing to sacrifice more. And like you said, all have the same mission, and be able to kind of say, okay, let's all put our egos and stats and all that stuff aside and just focus on a championship. And I will say guys like KD and, and Harden, you know, from what I've seen in their interviews so far, they're saying the right things that this is all about winning championships and and all that. And then they don't really care. I know in the first game they played together, the uh, Joe Harris and, and Harden were saying that they passed the ball too much guys weren't being aggressive enough and they were trying to get everyone touches and they were sharing the ball around too much. So I feel like, the, the the culture you're describing is kind of a perfect fit for what they're trying to do and the
1: sacrifices they're asking these stars to make. Is that accurate? Super accurate. Yeah. I think these, these guys do understand it at the core. They're, they're huge competitors. Like all three of those guys were out in LA training together every single day, playing pickup together, building that chemistry. So it's interesting to see them all come together during the season, but they, they all have that type of, it's not just about me and my points, but it's about us and how we can how we can make this thing a championship team.
0: Now, obviously, uh, your expertise is shooting. In fact, actually, you have two world records, or you had. Do you still have those world records?
1: As far as I know, man, as far as I know, no one's broken. But, uh, I mean, Steph, Clay, they haven't tried them, so I, just, I hope they don't listen to this.
0: <laughs> David has, for, <laughs> for those who don't know, David has two world records, most three-pointers with one basketball in one minute, 20, and then most three-pointers with one basketball in five minutes, and it was 81, which is super impressive. So, yeah, those are, those are crazy. But I was going to ask you, you know, your expertise is obviously shooting and offense, but are you worried about this team defensively? Because that's the one question I keep hearing, you know. Uh, first of all, I don't know how they're going to stop any big men. Uh, we've seen Jared Allen and Nick Vucevic and some of these guys have big games so far against them. But defensively, are you concerned at all about this team?
1: No, I'm not concerned defensively when it comes to playoff time. There might be some regular season lapses. That's just how it goes. But as competitors, defense, yes, comes down to schematics and defensive ability. But at the core, it's about your competitive nature, like how bad you actually want it. That's why Pat Beverly's so good. He just plays all out every single possession. So when the game's on the line and when the game's like super, super matter in the playoffs, I'm not concerned about it. And they've got an amazing coaching staff who's, they're just going to figure things out. Like it just, if a big guy's killing them, maybe they'll go triangle in two. Like they they don't have, they're not afraid. Steve, Steve played the game at a high, high level for many, many years. He's not afraid to try things. And so I'm not, nah, not concerned about their defense.
0: So again, as someone that has the shooting expertise, was a shooting coach for the Brooklyn Nets, trains a ton of players individually, and not only on the court, but you also do, you know, mental training with these guys and, and get their sleep right and their nutrition right and things like that. I, w- I want to ask you though about today's, shooters in the NBA. When you look around the league, who are some of the guys that impress you the most that you feel like are the best shooters in the league right now?
1: Yeah, well, of course the obvious ones like Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and and some of these guys that you see that's just putting up huge shooting numbers this year and, and over the past few years. But like honestly, man, the separator that I've seen is in the players that I've worked with and been around, these guys who have become great shooters are these guys who are just extremely mentally unshakable, mentally unshakable in their confidence and in their skill set, and knowing that every time they step on the floor, it doesn't matter if they've missed the 10 shots before they're going to shoot that next one with conviction and confidence that it's going in. And that's, that's what really separates these great shooters in the NBA. A lot of people will look at, at just the mechanics of it. Oh, can you fix his shot or fix his shot? It's not like that's 10% of it. 90% of it's mental. We're starting to see that a lot more, too, in the NBA with with uh, people going through more of the the mental struggles. And you hear about all that going on, which is which is a real, real thing. Like we look at these players as just superheroes and like they're not actually human beings, but they go through real struggles. So I think the more that like player development's great and shooting development's great, but it's just a small piece of the pie to overall player optimization development. But yeah, to to wrap up the question, I would say I still think Steph is the best shooter. I mean, Trey Young is obviously right up there too. Dame Lillard. I think the best shooters are the ones and all those guys. Crazy confidence, right? Crazy confidence through through the knowledge that they put in the hours, the unseen hours that that nobody not with the bright lights on, and that they have that every time it's going up, it's going in.
0: Who are the players that you've worked with that have impressed you the most as far as their willingness to? buy in and do all of those off court things like the mental training, like the, um, you know, meeting with the nutritionist and getting their sleep right. And all those things, who were some guys that, you know, showed the most initiative and really bought in when it comes to that stuff.
1: Yeah. You know what it's, it's been Norm Powell, Domas Sabonis, Kelly Olenek, uh, Rui Hachimura. He's starting to figure that out as well. these, these guys that that really buy into the total optimization and just the, the and Peyton Pritchard's a guy who just loves it, eats it up and understanding that it's, it's, it's not just the two hours you're on court, that's great. But what are you doing with the 22 other hours that you're doing? So I'll have them when they're training out here with me, I'll just like literally go through the day with them. They'll come eat with me, see how I mean. I'm living what I'm preaching to them, just building this confidence in them, not any type of fake confidence, imposter confidence, but true self-confidence in who they are. And when they buy into these mindset tools, like, and, and actually understand and they see the difference, that's the biggest thing. Like with Norm and Domas, like the, the difference that they've seen in these tools actually working for them on, on court, like when things are going crazy on the court, how do you separate? How do you step back? How do you snap out of that and not be caught up in the storm, but understand that, hey, you're going to be okay. You can get through this. How, how do you focus on the process and not the results? if shots aren't going in, is that going to make your next shot? Is that going to hurt your next shot? Or how do you solely focus on the process? And there's tools to be able to do that. There's tools just like you develop your on-court shooting ability, ball handling, this muscle memory through the skills that you can actively see. But more importantly, are the mental, the mindset muscle memory that you develop that's going to have the lasting effect. And when guys understand that, like you'll see, like it's it's huge credit to them, of course, for, for wanting it, for wanting to be coached, for wanting to learn and improve more. But these guys like that you're seeing, Domas, Norm, just having great years.
0: I feel like more NBA teams need to focus on that side of things because I there are some teams that uh do a decent job of, you know, using wearable technology and the sleep, uh, you know, tracking guys' sleep and you know, helping them with nutrition plans and all that stuff. But, um, I feel like teams maybe need to do more of that. And, you know, for the guys that, like you said, are doing it on their own in the off season with their individual trainers, like yourself, that's fantastic. And that's great to see. And, you know, obviously they see results from that. Um, but and really at the end of the day, it's just kind of investing in yourself, but I feel like teams should kind of take more initiative and, and do more of this. Are there any teams out there that do a good job of this, that you've heard of that, um, maybe are at the forefront of that?
1: Man, you know what? I've I've been in some conversations with teams about coming on and and consulting in this aspect. No team right now has really fully embraced the importance of mental skills. That sometimes, you know what? There's there's a few out there. Um, but yeah, there's the the disconnect in it is you're right. We have all these type of technologies, wearables, analytics, and nutrition. Like the best of the best, the best doctors, the best the best psychiatrists. But the disconnect is when you tell, like, think, for example, if if I, if I tell a player, I'm going to send you to the psychiatrist, the teen psychiatrist, one, the player's already going to think, have this connotation in their subconscious that, okay, they think there's something wrong with me. He's sending me to the psychiatrist. Two, it's the teen psychiatrist. He's going to report back what's going on with me to everybody else. This is a lose-lose situation for me. But if you bring somebody in from the outside and more of a conduit of someone who understands it. Who is was not invested in telling on the player, doesn't have, like, it's, it's how do you connect these pieces, basically, is what I'm saying, Alex. Like, how do you connect the nutritionist who's never stepped on the floor in an, an NBA game or even a basketball game, tell this guy who's 6'6", with 5% body fat, 40-inch vertical, of what they should be eating? Like, how do you tell them that? And I, I, re- I remember in Brooklyn, we had an amazing analytics team, like, just crunching out numbers, like, um, awesome. But then how do you apply it to the players? Like, they'd give it to the players. What is that? Like you've got to be able to take what you have, these amazing resources, and put them into action. So I think the I think the teams do do a a decent job at the mental skills part, and I think it's it's only going to keep them going more and more. And five, ten years from now, every team is going to be doing this total optimization mindset, having somebody that's that's able to bring all the all the pieces together.
0: You mentioned the mental side of developing a shot and improving, you know, and we see it in the NBA. There's a, a lot of talk about Ben Simmons and Giannis and whether these guys can add a three point shot to their game. And, you know, a lot of it is mental because these guys are able to knock it down when they're just in the gym alone or they're practicing, but then actually taking that shot in a game is hard for them and either they'll struggle or they won't even attempt it. I guess for someone like yourself, that does work so much in the mental side. And then also has your expertise as a shooting coach, what advice would you give to a player that wants to add a three-point shot to their game, especially when it's a high-profile situation like a Simmons or a Giannis, where everyone's kind of watching and when they take a three, it trends on Twitter. Like, what, 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 what should the guy do in that position in order to add that to his game?
1: Yeah, so first off, it all starts with the player actively wanting it. If he's just told that he needs to do it, but inside he doesn't really want the change, He's not going to do it. He's going to resent it. Then the more difficult thing than adding muscle memory, so muscle memory is developed through repetition, which wraps what's called myelin around in your brain, and that's what develops this muscle memory. The more difficult thing is unwinding that muscle memory. So everything that these players have done for their whole life is so engraved in them. And when it's in the game and when times uh, they have to get a shot off quick, it's going to come back to that muscle memory. So you have to take these steps to unwind it first and then rewire it in the correct way. So the player has to want to know it, and he has to know that that it's going to be a process. It's going to be a process, and you you have to block out everything else that's coming around you, because Ben Simmons, Giannis, they're going to get it every single time that they hear it. And if they put their importance on what other people are saying, it's going to drive them nuts. Like, for example, uh, a player that I work with, Rondé Hollis Jefferson was in Brooklyn. when I was working with him a lot. And we worked this off season when he was he was trying to make it get a team get, get a contract with the team and it was him that came out to me he came out all the way to L A he paid for his place to stay and everything away from his family and he's like I'm going to do this I am absolutely going to do this and he's a great player very talented this is the first time I'd seen him like just really embrace like, I need a three point shot let's do it and he was in there morning night listened to everything I say would apply it he'd do it on his own it was it was. Amazing to see how good he got. Now, right now, like teams haven't been able to see that because they haven't been able to do it yet in the league. But he has a three-point shot because he embraced it. He stopped listening to what everybody else said, what the world was telling him that he couldn't be a three-point shooter. And he he locked in on these, these mental aspects of each day, I'm just gonna get one percent better, one percent better, one percent better. And knowing that it's going to be a process, it's gonna take some time. So Long story short, yes, they can definitely do it. Block out the noise. They have to first want it, understand that it will be a process, and they got to have someone along the ride with them, showing them the way and letting them know that they're there for them and and they can do this.
0: What are the biggest mistakes that you see from NBA players? Because, again, you are involved in not only their training, but – you know, there, you see their sleep schedules, you see the nutrition the diets, you see a lot of these different things, uh, you know, how they focus on recovery. Some of these guys don't prioritize recovery. When you look at some of these players, a guy first comes to you and they, they aren't doing these things yet. Is it typically they're not getting enough sleep? Is it the guys eating, you know, horrible foods? Like what are some of the most common mistakes that you see? Or, you know, if you had to say, you know, majority of players have this issue, what would be the most common issue?
1: Yeah. So in those aspects, sleep, nutrition, a lot of those guys can get by with what they're doing because they're just physical specimens and they can get to a certain point, but it's the threshold of the longer longevity, the Kyle Forbes, the Steve Nash is how you take care of your body, your sleep, your recovery. But the biggest thing by far is confidence mm-hmm. is literally confidence. If someone goes like they've been a star their whole life, now they're coming off the bench or maybe they're not the main guy and they go in three games and they make one shot out of those three games. Like they've never had that how are you going to react and that's the thing that makes or breaks a player can they have this unshakable confidence every time they step on the floor so at the core like yes the the sleep can be improved and there's a few tips that can help you get better sleep and nutrition they have to want those as well but that adds up to all about like 10 percent 90 percent of it it just keeps coming back to how important the mental aspect of it is like kobe and mj every time they stepped on the floor they had already watched the game happen, visualized it in their mind, watched every movement that they had done, every shot that they have taken. So they'd already seen it. They would also watch the game and when something went crazy because there's never a game that goes picture perfect. Now, how are they going to react when something goes crazy in the game? And when they step on the floor, not only one is giving them a lot of confidence that they've already seen it, but now their muscle memory, their visualization has also gone through it. So they're winning twofold. So there's, that's, I mean, there's a lot of, mindset confidence tools that can be utilized that that help these players really you know what go from not just good to great but from the great to outstanding which is the most difficult move to make
0: yeah it's funny because you know i've talked to different guys who have been dealing with confidence issues before where again, they are the star their whole life and they're used to getting tons of shots and putting up crazy numbers. And then, yeah, whenever things start going wrong, you know, then they're on the bench or they're not playing well. And a lot of these guys too, like I've talked to a number of players about this, but they get a lot of their self-worth from basketball as well. So whenever they start struggling and people are leaving them and all of a sudden they're in a slump, you know, it just, they spiral because then all of a sudden that was the thing that they were kind of, uh, that they get all their self-worth from and that they, you know, they think that's their, all their value. So, I mean, I feel like that's part of it too, where guys sometimes until they're older, don't have any other interest outside of basketball or realize that they're more than just basketball players. And so whenever they lose that confidence, it can be really, really bad and tough for them to get back. I guess whenever that happens and you're dealing with a guy who doesn't have their confidence, you know, what are some things that you do to try to help them?
1: Yeah. So that's identity. And confidence at the core is not rooted in results, is not rooted in I am a basketball player, but it's rooted in their true self-awareness. So what do they stand for? What are they doing, what they do for, their purpose? Like what is that as opposed to basketball results? And a really good friend of mine, Jeremy Lynn, you know, he we went through that Lynn Sanity time back in twenty I'm not
0: familiar. What's that? No, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> but I mean, we've had many conversations since then, and like he wouldn't want to go through that time again because he was living in the the what ifs, what if I can't keep this up? What would the results be? What would people think of me? Yeah. Since then, he's come so much into his own. He's so comfortable, confident who he is because he stands for you know, his Taiwanese people, his faith in Jesus, and like so many different things off, off court, not just putting, hey, if I had a good game or if I had a bad game, I'm feeling really down. No, you don't go up and down with those waves. You're even keel. Because, you know, you stand for more than your results and your basketball identity.
0: That Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's interesting. Um, I want to ask you about Domas because, I mean, he has been incredible this season in Indiana. I've, I've loved watching this Pacers team. They're so much fun to watch because the way that he's dominating. Um, I guess, first of all, how is his work ethic and what have you seen from him over the years as far as his development? And then what was some of the things that he was doing over this past offseason to prepare for this this campaign because it's been a breakout season for him. And I mean, he already broke out in the past. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like this is kind of his coming out party where he's showing just how good he is.
1: Yeah, it's all credit to his work ethic. It's it's what I call the difference of is a player going to drag me to the gym or am I going to drag them to the gym? And right away, I can tell if a player is going to be successful based on that alone. Now, Domus, his work ethic is like none other. He is so during, I'll give you a story. So during quarantine, when there was no gyms open at all, like Don would call me, "Hey, we got to get a gym." He, he'd line up the gym. We'd go there at six thirty in the morning. It'd be some warehouse, some rundown warehouse, and he would just go at it, man, like compete with himself. We had a shooting drill; like he couldn't get under seventy made threes out of a hundred, or we couldn't leave the gym. There are times that we stayed there for a while. So his his work ethic is on another level. Like there's people that will say they work hard, but he is like he just loves it. He loves the competition. He loves the competition against himself to improve, but he'd been working a lot on developing his three point shot. I mean, of course we worked a lot on that, but, but just in, you know what he's, he's been given the reins out there and he's, he's so talented. He studies film. He does, he's invests in his body, his recovery, his nutrition, his sleep. And he's, he's much more than just a basketball player too. Like he has, a, he, has he steps away. He's, just got engaged to an amazing future to be wife. He's a great chef. Like he has other things that he, that finds his importance other than just basketball. So he's, he's really, I mean, he's just got the opportunity, but day after day, he's been preparing for this opportunity for years and years to come day and day hours in the gym, relentless that people don't see.
0: And then I have to ask you this, uh, who are your top five shooters of all time?
1: Ooh, all time. Great question. Okay. We're going to throw, I'm going to go because I grew up with him. Good friend, Kyle Corver. I grew up right down the road in little Pella, Iowa. So I am going a little biased, but he is number one all time right there. Boom. That's a hot take. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That's all he did, man. That's all he did was shot. it. He knew his strength and he focused on it. Steph Curry. Unbelievable. I'm going number two for him. We got to go a little old school with Reggie Miller. And I'm going to go for Clay Thompson. I think his form is just – I've worked with him a few times, and it was just – I was literally in awe with my jaw drop because his form is just so amazing, consistent every single time. And number five, gotta—we got to dig deep. I'm going to go Pistol Pete. I mean, I think he's averaging 44 game. Had to be a great shooter. Never really saw too much of him, but come on. You're putting up those kind of numbers, you've got to be a great shooter.
0: Now, if I was a – we talked about, you know, what – guys like Ben Simmons and Giannis can do to add a three point shot to their game. And, you know, your work with NBA players, but if I was just a random guy came up to you right now and said, Hey, I want to improve my three point shooting. I'm playing in a YMCA league and I want to get better. You know, what are the biggest tips you would give me to perfect my three point shot or, you know, at least become serviceable as a three point shooter? What are, what would you, what would you tell me? You know, who do I study? What drills do I do? Uh, obviously I'm not going to make you break it down in depth, but what are some tips you would give me?
1: Yeah. So the more complicated I get, the more pieces that I give you, the less you're going to remember. So I would keep it very simple for you. First, I want you to watch Clay Thompson. I tell everybody, watch (laughs) Clay Thompson and emulate him. Like literally try to do what he's doing. Watch him on TV and do it in your living room. Just do that motion time and time and time and time again. Make sure you have that perfect l. And I would just say your feet. So all you're going to think about is feet, meaning balance. All this goes in together. Your balance, your, your, you know, you got your foundation. So you're just thinking feet and fluidity, feet and fluidity. So fluidity, meaning it's one motion. So you're just shooting one motion. You've watched Clay Thompson. So you already know the L you already know the 90 degrees, everything like that. So feet, fluidity and stick. Fleet, feet, fluidity and stick. mean You're sticking the landing every single time. So I'm just giving you three words. That's all you got to do. And every time you shoot it, Alex, when you go to that gym and you're warming up, you're saying it out loud because there's a lot of power in actually saying the word out loud for you to remember it. It's like you're self-teaching yourself. Feet, fluidity, stick. All you need to know. Got it. We'll we'll take the next step after that. After you get that down, we'll take the next step. I love it.
0: You have a book called Pivot and Go and a podcast called The Pivot and Go. And it's basically a 29-day blueprint to better
1: yourself. Uh, Can you walk me through that? Yeah, absolutely. So I wrote the book based on, you know, we all have felt stuck in our lives in some situation, every single one of us more, more of us now in this 2020 2021 type of quarantine time than ever before we felt stuck. And it's very difficult to get out of that unstuck feeling. But pivot, Coming from my basketball background, of course, we all know is a basketball term. And it's when everybody's defending you and you can't see the hoop and everything looks terrible, but you make this small, slight turn and everything opens up that small, slight pivot. That's the same thing with life, too. Like if we feel stuck, it's just a small pivot in our perspective that can open up our entirely new perspective. And I tell it through stories of my NBA players, stories of myself, stories of people who have been stuck in their life, made this pivot and reached their goals, reached their success. Not, notice I don't say reach the world's goals or become super wealthy. No, not that. What is your success? redefine it. Redefine what success is. Redefine what failure is. Redefine what living your rich life is. And all of this is packed into 29 days. I have it on a 29-day blueprint because it takes 28 days to generally accept a term to form a habit. Habits are great. Routines are great, but let's make it a lifestyle. Like on day 29, you get that choice to make everything that you've been implementing a lifestyle. No longer do you have to take this, think about this and think about this. It's just that rhythm that's going through you. So, That's in essence what the book is about. And yeah, it's just, and we've all had that moment where we've had a pivot in our lives. Like even for me, we're talking about the Brooklyn Nets. And I thought that was my calling. Like we went from 28th to second in three-point percentage in the time I was there. All credit to the players and coaches. But it was like, okay, I was this hot topic. You know, I'm going to be this up-and-coming coach. And new staff comes in, everybody's out, the door is shut. I'm like, man, this, this couldn't happen. How did this happen? But now, like if that door hadn't shut, I wouldn't be able to live in Los Angeles, overlooking the water, be able to speak to Fortune 500 companies, write a book, coach these players to come to me, looking to me for mental advice and, and player development, be married to an amazing, beautiful, way cooler than me wife. None of <laughs> that would have happened if I would have stayed that course. So basically, your pivot can be one door closes, four open, and an entire beachfront patio overlooking the ocean. I love it.
0: I, have, I do want to ask you this, though. Would you ever return to work for an NBA team if the right opportunity presented itself? Or, I mean, everything, you have such an amazing life right now. It's really working out for you, and you're able to train your own guys and, and do your own thing, as you mentioned. Uh, would you ever consider it, or are you kind of closing that door?
1: And I would always consider it. I mean, I love being around it, but it would be more of a sense of, I'm going to come in from an outside perspective and consult That Mm -hmm. way it holds more weight than being there every single day and they hear my voice all the time. So I think there's even more power in consulting. And it would just be with a, with a team that I'm really good friends with the coach or the GM, someone who I know the culture is awesome. And I I would never want to go in any any place and people feel like I'm stepping on their toes because it's not, it's literally not anything about me, but it's, I just love, I love seeing the players that I work with, like Domus, Norm Powell, like get player of the week and just have these incredible seasons. Like I love. Seeing other people's success so yeah definitely open to it just have to be the right situation
0: for sure well david i could do this for hours i love picking your brain it's always good to catch up with you i appreciate you joining me and I'm, I'm happy for your success too man it's been great to see everything that you're doing you know all the players that you work with blowing up and having success your book your podcast i mean it's it's been so cool to see it. so i'm
1: happy for you man dude you're the best alex we've been good friends for a while so it's so fun to do this and Likewise, man, I recipro- reciprocate that. Your success and your growth is amazing. So super honored to be and blessed to be honest with you, man. Absolutely.
0: Well, thank you so much. Everyone check out the pivot and go podcast that David has also check out his book pivot and go for a 29 day blueprint on how to better yourself. And if you guys want to hear more episodes of this podcast, check us out on Spotify, Apple podcasts, Stitcher, anywhere podcasts are found, leave us a rating and review that really helps us out. And until next time, thanks for listening. Today's episode is sponsored by greensupply.com. With everything going on in the world, it's more important than ever to stay safe. At greensupply.com, you can purchase masks, hand sanitizer, and other important health and wellness products, which are all in stock with same-day shipping. Best of all, listeners get 10% off their order when you use the promo code ALEX at checkout. That's A-L-E-X for 10% off your order. They have KN95 masks, cloth masks, hand sanitizer, and other supplies like forehead thermometers and UV boxes. Visit greensupply.com. Dot .com today that's greensupply.com